What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Oh, my God. This is Joey Styles, and you're listening to the two-man power trip podcast. This is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. This is Cody Rhodes, the prince of pro wrestling, and you are listening to two-man power trip. This is Jimmy Vine, the boogie Wooker man. Tell my people and my brothers and sisters, don't you dare miss John and Chad. Hey, everybody out there. This is the franchise Shane Douglas. Remember me? <laughs> well, guys, it's great to be on the show again. I appreciate you asking me back. So you said you were going to pinch yourself. I didn't know it was that kind of show now. I mean, if you guys are in the privacy of your own home, if you want to do these things. Good. How you doing, Chad? Hey, Johnny. Cool, man. What's going on? We ready to go or what? Okay. Hey, man. What's up, guys? This is Homicide. Oh, that's my homie. Homicide with a big homie club. Yeah, that would be it. Hey, this is David Penzer, and this is the two-man power trip of wrestling. Well, thank you, thank you. Hear me, fear me. I don't do many wrestling shows anymore, probably because I'm a bit ignorant. You guys probably know ten times more than I do. Look, Mean Gene, I can't be beat. I'm the greatest of all time. And I would say that. And every kid, I, they knew they could kick the out of me. Great talking to you guys. It's been your pleasure. <laughs> They've worked in and around the wrestling business. They've studied thousands of hours of wrestling, and now they bring to you the greatest legends, Hall of Famers, creative minds, and both current and future stars of pro wrestling. They are Primetime Pod and Chad, the two-man power trip of This is the two-man power trip of wrestling 
brought to you today and powered by our TMPT Con 2. Come on down to Richmond, Virginia on May 19th, 2018 as the two-man power trip of wrestling embark on a sports and entertainment memorabilia wrestling spectacular at the Holiday Inn in Richmond, Virginia. Head on over to our website, tmptofwrestling.com, for ticket information as the tickets are now on sale and start at 10 bucks to get into this show Join John, myself, Eric Bischoff, Shane Douglas, and many more guests to come, including this coming week, we've got a giant name that's being added to the lineup of TMPT Con. So get on over to our website, tmptofwrestling.com, and stay tuned as a giant, a huge guest is about to be added to the lineup for TMPT Con 2 on May 19th. 2018 in Richmond, Virginia. So, if you didn't know by now, my name is Chad, and as always, I'm joined by my tag team partner, the one and only John Paz. And John, today on the show, we get to throw two interviews out at you today, both with a huge tie-in to the match that you heard off the top, as you heard the great Muda capturing the NWA Championship. And in this interview today, these two interviews, excuse me, that we've got for you here, we are going to be focusing on the United States arrival of the Great Muda this weekend for PCW Ultra, a wonderful organization out of California. You might have heard Mike Sharnagel of PCW Ultra not too long ago on this show talking about all the great things that they've got going on in that promotion and you heard us put them over like a million bucks but it's this week that we're joined by not only the booker of pcw ultra joe kabibo but the guy who's kind of giving joe a little bit of a mentorship program and that is the returning guest to this show the one and only kevin sullivan and with Kevin joining the show and kind of giving us a rundown of what he sees in PCW, we get an outsider's look of somebody who kind of gives a consulting role here for the folks at PCW Ultra. And this all kind of goes back and it ties into a conversation I had with Kevin back at WrestleCade in November in North Carolina, where he was telling me about a giant surprise that was coming out of this PCW group. And ironically, and at the same time, John had scheduled Mike Sharnagel to come on the show. So it was all this magical kind of intervention that brought both worlds together. And I'm hearing all this great stuff from Kevin Sullivan. I run and tell John and say, John, you're not going to believe what I was just hearing from Kevin PCW, who we're talking to Mike Sharnagel at the time. Uh, we're going to learn some pretty cool stuff coming our way about their promotion. And as we talk to Mike and we learn more about PCW Ultra, we see that this is like an independent wrestling organization with a dream roster of stars that Honestly, if you haven't had a chance to go check out their stuff, if you haven't checked out their YouTube videos or some of the videos they've got on Twitter and on Facebook, you are missing out on some giant stars and some really cool dream matches that a lot of fans from the other sides of the country and the world might not be able to see. But under this PCW Ultra banner, you're getting to see match after match with marquee value, and it's all coming from the mind of our first guest today here, Joe Kabibo. So, John, as I welcome you in here now, tell us a little bit more, not just about Joe and not just about Kevin Sullivan and their relationship, but fill us in about the card coming up for this giant second year anniversary show featuring the great Muda, who I know is somebody that you and I absolutely love. We are huge 
great Muda fans, and it's kind of an excuse here to play his theme music, play a clip of him, but we get to talk to Joe, we get to talk to Kevin about the great Muda, so why don't you fill us in a little bit more about this show, this two-year anniversary show where the great Muda will be performing on the card tonight, January 19th, PCW Ultra. John, tell us a little bit more about this show that we've got looking forward to right now as the great Muda invades the United States one more time for quite possibly one of his biggest arrivals in his entire career back here now into PCW Ultra. Yes, Chad, back here again, the two-man power trip, and we are knocking one out of the park today, and we're talking about something that has become one of our favorite new topics on the show, and that is PCW Ultra out there in bright and sunny California, the beautiful California, and PCW Ultra has been dominating out there and is becoming one of the hottest wrestling independent organizations going today. You gotta love PCW, and you gotta love what they're doing out out there in California. And of course, we are talking to the booker today, the Sheik, the almighty Sheik, Joe Cabibo, and, you know, he's a former NWA world champion, a former Zero-One world champion, but most importantly, he is the head man over there booking these great shows and becoming part of the revolution big time. I mean, they are really changing the game out there, and they're really making a ton of money, and they're making, you know, the independent scene pretty relevant again and pretty damn popular. And how is he doing that, per se? Well, Refuse to Lose, which we talked to Mike Scharnagel about, who is the owner of PCW. That was a great talk and great chat if you want to go back and listen to a prior episode to learn a little bit more about PCW. But also, in this episode, we're talking about the anniversary 2K18. Yes, PCW is bringing in the great Muta. What an unbelievable surprise. In a wrestling world where there's not too many surprises, not too many shocks left to give. You know what I mean? There's not too many surprises out there that you're going to be shocked about. When they announced they had the Great Muda, I was shocked. I was like, whoa, that is just huge for a United States independent organization to bring in somebody of that stature. It's unbelievable. You think about Muda, and you got to put him up there with the all-time greats. Yes, the Flyers, the Hogans. The Ricky Choshu's, the Tatsumi Fujinami's, all the huge, huge names you know internationally and all over the world. Great Muda is definitely at the top of that list. Just an unbelievable signing by PCW. And all done by the connections of Joe, the booker, the almighty Sheik. I mean, he just, he has those connections from his days of Zero One in Japan. He has those connections from being the albeit a short time NWA world champion, but he's got those great connections, and PCW has been able to really shock the world and just be able to do things that other leagues haven't been able to quite put together. They are awesome at bringing in legends. Then they mix it in with the Lucha Libre. Then they mix it in with the Purisau. Then they mix it in with just some great high-flying, some great acrobatics. And then they hit you with the stiff, the strong style, the hardcore style. They do everything, and they do everything very, very well. And Friday, January 19th, PCW Ultra Anniversary 2K18, Sammy Callahan and John Morrison versus The Great Muda and Pentagon, Hammerstone versus Brian Cage, Phoenix versus ACH, Loco versus Kikitaro, Janela and Jacobs versus Warbeast, Flip versus Strickland versus AR Fox versus Brody King, and then Tanaka versus Douglas James for the lightweight title. I mean, poof, what a stacked card. And you, you think to yourself, that's an indie card? Wow, that is just 
stacked with international talent, with talent all over this great globe. Some great United States talent there. Obviously, some great Mexican talent. Obviously, one of the greatest Japanese talents you could ever get. So, what a loaded, loaded stacked card. And, you know, we talk, obviously, a lot of PCW, but we do talk about a lot of booking philosophies, and we talk about kind of where he's learned certain things, whether he learned it in Japan, whether he learned in Puerto Rico while feuding with Savio Vega and learning under Carlos Colon, and then we talk about some, you know, protege mentor relationships that he has going on in the business, and the most important one, which connects to this show today, is that relationship with Kevin Sullivan, and Kevin Sullivan, who is part two of this show, part two of this interview, if you will, he will kind of explain to you what that mentor-protege relationship is like with Joe, with the Sheik, and how he's his last protege, and how nobody can kind of book it better than Joe is doing right now. So really, really high praise from the devil himself to the Sheik, to Joe. So that's some awesome stuff. And just to learn from Joe the booking philosophy of Kevin Sullivan, and then to learn from Kevin Sullivan where he got his booking philosophy from, is just unbelievable. And also, you're going to be Loving the fact that Kevin Sullivan is talking some current wrestling as well, talking about the revival, talking about Monday Night Raw. So sit back, relax, and enjoy part one with the Almighty Sheik, and part two with the Devil himself, the Taskmaster, Kevin Sullivan. Absolutely, we couldn't pick a better pairing for this episode. So enjoy hearing all about how Joe Kabibo got his booking philosophies and how he got some of his ideas and then catch his mentor afterwards. And then you can hear about how PCW Ultra is taking some of the guidance of Kevin Sullivan and moving it forward. It's a perfect pair for a huge two-year anniversary event. And we want to thank PCW Ultra for allowing the two-man power trip of wrestling to help promote this 2K18 anniversary featuring the Great Muda. This is so cool that we get to focus on the career of the Great Muda, and we hope you check out PCW's two-year anniversary show tonight out there in California. Check on all the PCW Ultra social media that you will get the plug from Joe in the interview as well as get to their website, pcwultra.com, and support a wonderful independent promotion out of the West Coast which John and I on the East Coast here, it is very refreshing, very cool to see. So all the best, and we look forward to some huge things in this new year, this 2018 calendar year for PCW Ultra. So like I mentioned on the top of the show, if you want to be a part of TMPT Con 2, head on over to our website, which is tmptofwrestling.com. We've got a huge announcement coming next week. For everyone who will be attending the show down in Richmond, Virginia, you can get all the hotel information, all the ticket information for this event on our website, tmptofwrestling.com. The tickets are only 10 bucks to get into this convention. This is going to be one hell of an exhibition. So get on down to Richmond, Virginia. Make your plans to join us. I've heard from people who are coming from different states already, and this is going to be one hell of an experience. If you're a wrestling fan, we will treat you right 
We have been down this road before. We've been to many shows. We've been a part of many shows. But it's time to let you, the listeners of the show and the fans, the collectors, we're going to give you some pretty cool stuff to uh, kind of digest there on May 19th, 2018. So get your butts to Richmond, Virginia. And more and more and more to come in the coming weeks. So, John, as the music starts to creep in, hit him with a little bit of two-man power trip of wrestling business. And let's get this bad boy on over to a double dose of interviews. First with Joe, and then on to Kevin Sullivan. Now for some TMPT business. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Two Man Power Trip and at Wrestling Pal. Please subscribe to us on YouTube. Also, subscribe to us on iTunes. Please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Also, while on iTunes, check out the feed for prior legendary episodes featuring the living legend Bruno Sammartino, the late great American Dream Dusty Rose, the Enforcer Arn Anderson, Ray Mysterio Jr., Glenn Kane Jacobs, the phenomenal AJ Styles, lead WWE attorney Jerry McDivitt, and so many others. Also, while you're on the internet, check out ProWrestlingTees.com. Yes, that is ProWrestlingTees.com. They are your superstore for all your wrestling t-shirt needs. Check out our page. Check out Tito Santana, Coco Beware, Kevin Thorne, Buff Bagwell, Magnum TA, and so many others. Also, while you're on the web, check out our website, TMPTOfWrestling.com. And if you're on Android, please check us out on Google Play or Player FM. And now, without any further ado, he is a former 0-1 World Heavyweight Champion. He is a former NWA World Heavyweight Champion. You may know him as the Sheik, number two, or the Almighty Sheik. He is the Booker of PCW Ultra. He is Joe Kabibo. Please enjoy. on the line here tonight is the booker of PCW Ultra out in California. They will be celebrating their huge PCW anniversary as they welcome one of the most heralded professional wrestlers in the world. 
the great Muda into the PCW Ultra Universe. And, of course, I'd be referring to a former NWA World Heavyweight Champion, current PCW Ultra Tag Team Champion, and a 0-1 World Heavyweight Champion. But the booker of PCW, Joe Kabibo, joins the two-man power trip. Joe, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited for this interview. I really appreciate the platform. Oh, absolutely. This is uh, this is pretty cool. As we've become kind of uh, indoctrinated to the PCW Ultra World, we've really uh, kind of learned about your product from a couple different methods from our last interview, but also from the great Kevin Sullivan, who we're going to get to in a few minutes here. But we've got to talk about the surprise announcement, which we promoted the last time, and that is the arrival of the great Muda in PCW Ultra. And obviously, as a booker, as a performer, you really can't do much better than the Grey Muda. Oh, yeah, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, it's a very unique opportunity for the fans of Southern California. I mean, he hasn't been in the States for quite a long time. And for, you know, uh, without saying too much, I mean, this is probably going to be his last uh, appearance in the United States. So it's really important that the fans come out to see this live. And if they can't come out to see this live, if they're not in the area, if they're on the East Coast, we're also going to be on uh, Fight TV and we're going to do our first iTape review. And um, you can look for that just on the Fight app. It's super easy to deal with and uh, and navigate. And uh, you can get the... Uh, it's embedded in our website at pcwultra.com. Uh, it's so cool. There's so many different platforms that you can expand onto. There's so many different things that you can kind of reach out to fans outside of just your area. And as we talked about Refuse to Lose the last time we were on and we heralded this surprise announcement, you know, we didn't really know what exactly it was going to be. But now for fans to be able to see the great Muda come into the United States, what does it do for you, not only as just a, you know, as a wrestler and a booker, but as a fan, to know that your fan base and the people that watch your shows, not just in California, but now all over the world, will get to see the great Muda competing in your ring? Oh, man, it's a huge chart. I mean, uh, I've been able to book some of the greats of the industry. I've been very lucky, um, and it's it's extremely humbling. But to have the great Muda, uh, he's one of my all-time favorite uh, professional wrestlers. And to, like you said, to have him in the PCW Ultra Wrestling Ring and, and, and just to have him involved in the company is such an amazing thing. Uh, another thing that we have negotiated is, is we have the great Buddha the next day for a seminar, which is unheard of. I mean, having the great Buddha in the States is so rare, but to have you, the, the local wrestlers or wrestlers, we have wrestlers actually flying from all over the country to be able to learn from him and wrestle with him. It's, it's uh, just a really cool time to be a fan of PCW, and it's a really great time to be involved in the company. Yeah, that seminar, I mean, when you go through your social media, you know, that stands out like a sore thumb because if you know anything about the business and you know about seminars and when guys come into town and there's other things going on, I literally would never have expected the great Muda to be doing a uh, seminar, but he will be doing one on the, 20, uh, the 20th of January at the Santino Brothers Wrestling Academy, which, again, the Santino Brothers Wrestling Academy, you know, if you're on this side of the country where John and I are, we've even heard of Santino Brothers uh, Wrestling Academy, but now for the great Muda to be there, I mean, it just, it, it's like all, the stars all aligned, uh, you know, in, in a really perfect way. And I guess, you know, you mentioned the negotiating with the great Muda. How is 
kind of getting into that world, you know, and bringing an international talent over that caliber? Is it kind of a nerve-wracking process to be talking to somebody, like, of his stature and with people, you know, where there's either a language barrier or there's something, you know, it's a very rare uh, U.S. appearance. Is that, you know, all kind of like an intimidating process to go through when you're trying to get somebody to come into your promotion? Um, not really. I mean, I, I've got a lot of history with the Japanese. I, I was, of course, the, the zero one world heavyweight champion. So I, I worked in Japan quite often. I also used to get, uh, I, I, I got United States wrestlers and wrestlers from Canada to the Japanese dojo. So I've got a history working with them. There is a language barrier, obviously a lot of stuff goes through translators, but Muda is such a great professional, um, you know, you're the, the one thing as a booker, you, you bite your nails until everybody shows up and, the, you know, everybody's, you know, in town. Uh, so, you know, that that's the nerve wracking thing for me. Um, but but Mood is such, like I said, he's such a great professional and everything along the way has just been very easy. He's been extremely accommodating and him doing the seminar for us is just proof of that. And, um, you know, just just there's some guys that come and they just want you to be able to make your money back and they want to do business and things like that. And, and mood is a guy like that. So uh, we're just extremely uh, grateful that, that he's been so easy to deal with and, and just, uh, we're just ecstatic that he's going to be involved, but to have him, you know, be a, so accommodating to us um, is just icing on the cake. And then also being a part of the obvious, the PCW uh, Ultra Anniversary Show and having him uh, performing on it as well is just another feather in the cap of PCW Ultra as you guys just make such a great name for yourself. And when we were uh, talking to Mike Sharnagel about Refuse to Lose, it was the talent roster that we were putting over like crazy and almost seeing these things like we would consider some to be dream matches on our side of the country to watch them. But, you know, like we said, with eye pay-per-view and whatever, now we get to see them. But, again, the PCW Ultra roster just stands out, the amount of talent that you have on the show. But to add in the great Muda, that, that match you have with Sammy Callahan and Johnny Ultra against the great Muda and Penta is going to be really, I mean, it's off the charts. And i got to tell you, it's something that, as a fan, you look forward to. But as somebody putting the matches together, what's going through your head as you put that together? Well, you know, we're, we're in an age where the independents are, are really, really doing well. And on the independents, you have so many uh, uh, incredible stars and and you see things happen over and over some you know wrestling's kind of like a monkey see monkey do business somebody does something and then somebody else copies it um in in you know i like to book things that have never been done before i like to book interesting things i i mean just this match alone like you said i mean uh it's just an interesting mix of people and to see pentagon next to muda is is just fantastic it's just aesthetically it's it's amazing um but the the roster uh it's by design uh to have it's almost like blood sport the best of the best come and all of these uh masters of their proverbial styles whether it be lucha libre whether it be catch wrestling whether it be hardcore comedy peruzu uh uh you know on and on and on these masters come to pcw ultra and they create this ultra style and and that's kind of what we're trying to do we're trying to 
be the best of the best and have every style represented and then seeing what kind of comes out of that and, and how these masters face each other and the athleticism that comes with it, the different psychology, the, 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 the different approach, the different gimmicks. It's just a really, really unique atmosphere. And the wrestlers, when they come to the show and they see the professional, the professionalism and they see the setup and they, they, you know, they feel the way they're, they're being, they're being treated and the matches that they're being put into, they wrestle up to that level. So it, it makes it even better uh, than, than, you know, you could ever hope for. I mean, the first match on the card opening up uh, this Friday is going to be ACH against Ray Phoenix. I mean, that is, that's a main event anywhere in the world. And uh, to have seven of those on, on one card is just, uh, I'm not trying to toot our own horn, but it's, it's, it's just a, a real, it's going to be a really special show. And our anniversary show isn't, that's not, we, we book every show like that. So it's, you know, we really appreciate that people are noticing uh, all over the world right now. And, and it's, our hard work is really paying off and how we're approaching professional wrestling, I feel is, is, uh, is something that that people are noticing that it's a very unique approach and and I think it's it's a winning formula. A- absolutely, yeah, and that's just to uh, kind of give a sneak peek too as to some of the other matches that you can uh, expect at the anniversary show, and includes Joey Janela and Jimmy Jacobs against War Beast, Brody King versus Stra- Shane Strickland versus Flip Gordon versus Air Fox. I mean, again, these are matches. That you almost, as a fan these days, you could put down on paper, and now you get to see it. Is that fulfilling for you, for as a fan like myself, to say that to you that these are actual matches that we almost we could only imagine, but now we actually get to see them in your ring? Oh yeah, I mean that's that's the name of the game is to have the fan base extremely excited about what we're doing. I mean. We wanted to create a company that it would be fun to be a fan of. We wanted to, from I mean, from the the setup to the matches to the merchandise to the website. I mean, everything that we do, we look at it from a fan's perspective. And you know, the fans' uh, um, experience is our number one priority. You know, so to to have people uh, being so so receptive to what we're doing is just. I mean, it, it's. It's very gratifying, and it's what we do it for. Is there a match on paper that, as the guy putting these together, that besides the Muda, we're going to take Muda out of the equation because that's just that's unreal, but is there one that you're just really waiting to watch, you know, in that seat, waiting for him to go through the curtain, sitting back and saying, all right, now let's see if this reaches the expectation I had in my head. Is there one match in particular that you're looking forward to? You know, um, I that ACH versus Phoenix, I, I feel like is going to be just a, a incredible match, and that four way uh, between uh, Shane Strickland, Flip Gordon, Brody King, and uh, Ar Fox. Ar Fox is debuting. Um, all the other guys have been in the company. Brody Fox is uh, Brody King rather uh, is in the middle of exploding. Uh, he just did the Evolve shows. He did the Style Battle shows. He's been to Defy. Uh, he's been to MLW. Of course, he started in PCW Ultra. Um, so he's really starting to catch steam. I'm 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 looking to see how that goes. I mean, Kikutaru versus uh, Mariachi Loco from from uh, Lucha Underground. That's going to be a fantastic uh, uh, break in the action with the comedy and. 
And I mean, there's just so much going on. Hammerstone against Cage, uh, you know, Janela and, and, uh, uh, Janela and uh, Jacobs. Jacobs is debuting against uh, Fatu and myself. Fatu, if you don't know who Fatu is, he's the son of the Tonga kid, uh, Tama from, from the Islanders of WWE fame, WWF fame, former tag team champion. Uh, he is basically uh, the new age Umaga. I mean, this guy is so athletically gifted and so talented and so intense in the ring. The things of the, he's a 300 pounder and the things he can do is just incredible. So the, the whole card has a little bit of everything. And I think that's really what's great about it is, is, you know, we do have the legends. We do have the comedy. We do have the high flying. We do have the, the ferocious tag teams, the hardcore, the stars, everything. It's it's really, really a good card. So it's hard to pick one favorite on there. Now, when we talked to Mike Sharnagel, he was saying that you're such a good booker. You book so far in advance. Where do you kind of, you know, get that from? Is it something that you're studying under the tutelage of Kevin Sullivan, or is it something that is just in your head ingrained from all your years of wrestling that you need to, you know, have that booking in advance? Well, uh, I started watching wrestling at a very early age, at three years old. Uh, I got into the business and immediately, I got into the business in the 90s. And uh, a couple years in, which I consider immediately when you're, you're that young in the business, I was able to go, I got sent by the Bushwhackers to Puerto Rico. So I learned so much because Puerto Rico was almost like a time warp. It was like when I was there in, in the early 2000s, it was like 1970. So I learned from Luke Williams. I learned from Carlos Colon. And then later on, I learned from some, some from Jake Roberts just on the road. Um, and I learned a lot from Sabio Vega, who's a brilliant booker. And then I sat down with Kevin Sullivan for about a decade. And me and Kevin have become really great friends. He's, he's like a, an uncle to me. Um, and Kevin and I talk probably anywhere from 10 to 20 times a day. And it's just all about booking. And so Kevin has really taught me the pacing of a card, the placement of matches, uh, which, you know, uh, how to amplify a piece of talent, how to book a piece, how to put, how, you know, the, the actual path you book a piece of talent on, and each one is different. Um, and a lot of it is, is, you know, it's just the way my brain works. Like I see it. So, Kevin often compliments me that I'm extremely anal, but yet very creative. So it's a, it's a really good mix that, you know, he, you know, and, and he appreciates, uh, you know, my, you know, my eagerness for the knowledge. So it's, it's been just amazing to sit under his learning tree for, for all this time. And uh, yeah, he, he really, he's really, I mean, I, I had some fundamentals, I had some ideas, and I, you know, I had some natural ability, but Kevin has really been my finishing school. That is great, and he is kind of the, the master of psychology, if you will. You know, he's been around, he's been there, done that, been the number one booker in the world at, at one point, obviously, with the NWO. He learned from Florida, from Dusty, from the Graham, so he is a great guy to work from or to learn from and to really, you know, work your craft through when you're down there in Puerto Rico and you said it's kind of a time warp or something different, what's, you know, what was their kind of philosophy or their psychology down there that made it such a time warp? 
Well, it was like 1970s wrestling there. It was, it was basically the same. It's that Southern psychology and not the, not the Memphis Southern psychology, but that Eddie Graham psychology. So really Eddie Graham. uh, So Dory Funk senior taught, Terry Funk and Terry Funk and or and Dory Funk Sr. taught Eddie Graham and Eddie Graham taught and Jim Barnett taught Kevin and Kevin taught me and all of that stuff went to the Caribbean because at that time in, in the early 70s you know Puerto Rico and, and Florida were working hand in hand so that psychology of Florida championship wrestling is basically the base for everything um in Puerto Rico. And that's what I, and that was actually the, the base of uh, extreme championship wrestling as well. That's where Paul Heyman, you know, Paul Heyman uh, uh, learned a lot from Kevin as well. So, so this is all like, like uh, this, this knowledge is started with Dory Funk senior and it kind of went all around and I brought it to California. You know, I'm not to say I'm the first one out of these guys or anybody to be in California, but it's very far and removed. So when I got to California, it was an extremely spotty environment, um, all high spots, not a lot of psychology. And basically what I did was I brought that Florida wrestling because I, I lived and booked in Florida. Well, I lived in Florida for 30 years, but I booked in Florida for uh, probably about six or seven years. I had a, 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 a show that I ran multiple towns and I took that psychology of Florida Championship Wrestling to California, and it's like the perfect storm out here. It's because it's very unique, um, not to mention our location and everything. We're not dead inside of Los Angeles. We're outside. Uh, we really facilitated a need for professional wrestling, and I feel that old-school mentality with the new-age athleticism is the perfect formula for today's wrestling. And I love that you're mixing it up with the old school and the new school because, like you said, Dory Funk Sr., Eddie Graham, uh, Terry Funk bringing it to Florida. You know, that, that progression, Kevin Sullivan learning, you learn it from Kevin. It's pretty cool. Isn't it interesting nowadays uh, what's old is becoming new again and you can kind of mix and match and it really works. Yeah, it does. And I'm just a student of the game and I have a tremendous respect for, for professional wrestling. Uh, Terry Funk is another one that I, I failed to mention earlier, but Terry has just taught me a great deal. And, and the fact that these legends, uh, you know, that, that they even talk to me is amazing and humbling to me. But, but Terry understands that I speak his language. Terry understands that I get it and he, under, and, and he wants to give to me rather than somebody else because he knows that I understand what he's giving and I respect what he's giving. And you and Terry also have something in common, former NWA World Heavyweight Champions, right? You've got to respect that. Yeah, that's correct. And Muda as well. Muda's, a, Muda's a, yes. a, also a former NWA champion. Yeah. They, I, would, I would say that they had it when it was a much more prestigious belt than me. <laughs> but I, I can still, I'm still in the record books. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Uh, and technically never really lost the title either, if you think about it. So that's pretty cool as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had a lot of problems with the NWA. They were very short-sighted. Um, you know, I without trying to, you know, bury them too much, I was I was in Japan at the time, and 
um, there was a lot of connections being made for the NWA in Japan through me. And, um, yeah, they just, they, they wanted to go a different way. And they, they, for some reason, they didn't, uh, they didn't see value in me. Well, I thought they did originally. That's why they, they went with me, but, um, you know, you, you, it's water under the bridge to me. Uh, what are you going to do? Hey, at least you're down the record books technically in that same vein as Muda and Funk, former NWA world champion. So that is saying something right there. For sure, for sure. It's, it's, I, I respect it, for sure. You mentioned Florida briefly before. I just wanted to talk about that for a second because I know you were in FIP and Fusion and all this other stuff. But when you're, you're down there booking in Florida, what do you think is the, the difference fan-wise as far as California and Florida? Because it seems like there's a good fan base in Florida, but it seems like for whatever reason, California seems a little bit, I don't know, a little bit crazy, a little bit more passionate. I don't know. You tell me. Is there a difference between the fan bases? Well, the fan bases in, in Florida – uh, a long time ago were really, really great. Um, you know, I don't think kayfabe, like people say, oh, kayfabe is dead and this and that. And I don't look at kayfabe like other people look at it. Kayfabe to me is connecting the dots, is, is, is not letting the audience see through stuff. So when you presented a, a card with kayfabe, they responded very well to it. And Florida was always really, really good. Um, over the last decade, it's just gotten so oversaturated. Um, and, and, you know, the WWE is there with next. So there's a high production value there. It's a low price. It's really hard for the independents to compete against them. And there's a lot of guys in Florida that are running shows that probably shouldn't be running shows. Um, in California, when I got here, it seemed to be kind of similar as far as oversaturation. Um, but I thought I, I saw something that was missing. I saw a missing ingredient that I felt like I can bring to the table. The actual fans in California at the present time are much crazier than Florida. I mean, we're getting huge. I mean, we're, we're getting, first of all, much larger crowds. I think in Florida, the best you can do or hope for is about a 300-person crowd. In California, I mean, we're drawing – we're outdrawing everybody at, at present time, but we're getting over a thousand people per show. So we're, we're, the fan base here is extremely rabid. We've, we've cultivated this and, and grew this company. Um, and, and it's, I, I think they're just responding so well because it's, it's unique. Like, I don't think that they, they had any old school wrestling fundamentals on any show. Cause it's, heavily influenced by Lucha Libre out here, which I, I'm, not a, I'm not against Lucha Libre, but it, it, it's the psychology of Lucha Libre isn't what I grew up on. So I find logic, um, I find you, if you base a company in logic, it, it, has, it, it just has more staying power. And I could be wrong in some, some aspects, but that's just my opinion and, you know, my experience. Now, as we start to wind it down a bit here, I just you know want to ask just about your career just for a second. We'll obviously we'll get back to PCW and PCW Ultra, sure. and the Great Muda. But as far as your career, looking back, and obviously you're still wrestling, but have you had some favorite matches or you know a favorite match kind of along the way that really sticks out above all? Because I'm always curious when when a guy's a booker and a wrestler, does something stick out to you as far as a wrestling match that you've had? Um, you know, I, I've I've been 
uh, lucky enough to go all over the world and wrestle, you know, pretty much not everywhere in the world, but I've wrestled in quite a few places. Um, and I really loved Puerto Rico. It seemed to fit my style the best. And uh, the feud I had with Savio Vega, we had one called the Globe of Death, uh, where we wrestled inside of uh, this steel ball. And fans still to this day come up to me and they talk about it. And, and it was just uh, – it was something that really stuck out. It took a few years off my career, that's for sure, because there was no ring inside. It was just me and Savio and a steel ball with a bunch of weapons. But it was it it was a gimmick match that made sense. There was psychology to it. Um, so working with Savio anytime, I, I ended up working with him all through the States and, and, and many times in Puerto Rico. Um, I look back on that fondly. Um, wrestling in Japan was really cool. I, I liked, you know, I guess my match and uh, being able to be on uh, on top of a card in Cork and Hall, uh, wrestling title for title, uh, and and uh, in a building that I saw Bruiser Brody and Dynamite Kid and Harley Race and Stan Hansen, um, you know, uh, Choshu and and all the greats, Muda, obviously. Um, to wrestle in a building like that on top was a really, really good experience for me. Um, you know, I'm winding down in my career now. It's like I see these younger guys coming up, and I and I just want to add that little something to them. I get a, a great satisfaction to when the lights turn on with some guys, you know, and, and I'm able to be some sort of a small part of their career and help them along and, you know, makes all those bumps and bruises and all those miles. Uh, it feels like that, that, that I didn't do them all in vain, you know, sure. I have, you know, a, a nice career to look back on, but to, to pass the knowledge to, to these younger guys and shave some steps off their career, uh, off of their journey and, you know, maybe save them some, some bumps and bruises and tell them some things business-wise to get them to, you know, to, to open their eyes a little bit so they do a little bit better for themselves a little sooner than I did. Uh, you know, that's very gratifying to me. And you mentioned some cool stuff there. Obviously, Kirk and Hall is legendary. Wrestling in Puerto Rico against Salvio in a match like that is pretty legendary and pretty crazy. And obviously, those Puerto Rican fans are just like those California fans. I mean, they're pretty rabid and crazy. But would there be, you know, a moment in your career or maybe an opponent in your career that maybe we hadn't heard of or, or should look up or something and say, wow, you know, the Sheik, awesome feud against this guy. Like somebody maybe we hadn't heard of that was just a, a great opponent of yours or maybe an underappreciated guy? Oh, I would say an underappreciated guy would be Steve Madison in Florida, one of my absolute favorite opponents. I, I think I – me and him joke over beers every once in a while when I get to see him about, you know, one uh, over a couple of years, I probably did everything but run over him with a truck. <laughs> I mean, we had a, a really, really vicious, volatile feud all over Florida. Um, those are times that I definitely cherish and, 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 you know, great memories for me. Now, as we kind of wrap it up here into a nice uh, little package, and we talk about the uh, the big plug for the uh, for the anniversary show here coming up on the 19th, you know, when you think about what you've done for with PCW Ultra, 
and you think about where you're going, you know, when you look back even a few months to see how far you guys have come, it's, it's really cool. But looking forward, yeah, let's just say we like to use a round number here, like, like a five years. Like, where do you see PCW Ultra uh, in terms of other independent wrestling organizations and the talent that you have coming through? Like, where, where would you see you guys building to uh, over, like, I'm just going to say, a round number, five-year period? Uh, I think in a five-year period, we will definitely have uh, television, uh, whether that's, you know, a weekly on some platform, something high profile. Um, I think that we'll be globally known. I think everybody will know who we are, where we are, what we do. Um, I think we'll have a lot of stars uh, that will graduate from our company, that will make their their, uh, way in the business, making a, a lot of money for themselves. I look to be a platform uh, for for these young guys in the business uh, to where you know when you know they can come through us and they can they can use us to get somewhere bigger and when they're done with their their uh, their run somewhere bigger they come back and pay us back and pay the fans back and and pay the business back and do it for somebody else coming up um, you know just just like that I, I I just really love this business of professional wrestling. Um, I don't see myself, I've been in it for 20 years. It's been my only job. Um, I don't see myself going away anytime soon. And um, it's just my passion and my love. And uh, I see PCW as uh, my life's work in, in many ways, you know. And, and uh, it's, I, I work on it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And um, I'm not going to stop until we are the as high as we can possibly get. And I think... We've been around for two years, and I think we're already uh, in the top 5% of all the independents in the, in the entire uh, uh, nation. So um, I think we just need the word out so people can see us more. We're obviously drawing very well. We obviously look very well. Our production level's high. Our roster's great. Um, we have good partnerships with a lot of important, powerful people and kind people. We have a great staff. So I just want to continue uh, the goodwill and continue working hard and uh, build a platform for younger guys to get places and maybe to be that, that company that guys want to get to. I think that's, that's pretty close. Um, hopefully in the next few years, we're that company that everybody just wants to be at. And we're producing uh, the most, uh, either the most or one of the most incredible shows in the entire world. Absolutely, and to just bring it back home, I mean, John and I are on the East Coast, and to be talking about PCW Ultra and what you guys are doing out in California, it just goes to show you that, yes, the production value, the star power, and what you guys are doing is obviously it's resonating, and uh, we're just happy to be a part of it to help you guys out and spread the word. And uh, I told you before we got on the air, I told uh, Mike Sharnagel as well, when we were with Kevin Sullivan at WrestleCade in November, I mean, he grabbed me right away, and we've gotten to know him a little bit over the last, I'd say, six months. And he said, you got to check out PCW Ultra. you got to see what they're doing. They're going to be doing a huge thing, which ends up being the great Muda, but keep your eye on them because they're going nowhere but up. And uh, it's very cool to help you guys out and promote this. But as we get back into business here, this coming January 19th, you are going to be celebrating the 2K18 anniversary PCW Ultra with the great Muda and Pentagon and Johnny Ultra and Sammy Callahan and Warbeast and ACH, Joey Janela, Jimmy Jacobs, the list goes on and on. 
But Oh, and also we can't forget all the exclusive merchandise you have, the meet and greets for the Great Muda, as well as the seminar. But I'm going to hand it over to you. Please tell us where we can find all the information about the meet and greets, about the Fight TV, about how we can see the show itself, and all the great stuff you have going on that coming weekend, 2K18 PCW anniversary. Please share us that information now. Yes, everything PCW Ultra is always going to be at PCWUltra.com. Always updated, up to the minute. Uh, you can buy all your tickets there. You can get your Fight TV there. You can get your on-demand channel there. We're also on Amazon.com uh, where, uh, you know, our roster is there. Everything is there. Um, all of our social media is connected. We have our great mood of seminar. Let's not forget January 20th at Santino brothers. Obviously you can get your tickets at pcwultra.com. And, uh, I look forward to seeing everybody out there at the night on the 19th. And, uh, if you can't make it, do yourself a favor and order this, uh, I pay per view. And if it's too late for you, catch us on the replay. Absolutely. The eyes of the wrestling world, whenever the great Muda gets into, uh, into a promotion, the eyes of the wrestling world will be on your product, and we can't wait to see the, uh, the outcome. We can't wait to see all the, uh, all the great stuff that's going to be coming out of it. So best of luck to PCW Ultra. Best of luck to you as well in a, in a very grueling match you have coming up, and uh, we thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you guys so much. It's much appreciated. <laughs> Joining us here on the two-man power trip is a guest who's coming back after quite a long time away from us. You may remember him as the Taskmaster. You may remember him as the Games Master. He's a former WCW Tag Team Champion, ECW Tag Team Champion, NWA United States Tag Team Champion, NWA Florida World Champion. Dusty Rhodes called him the devil himself. And we welcome in our good friend Kevin Sullivan. Welcome back to the two-man power trip. It's great to be back on a two-man trip, brother. I've been on a lot of trips, but you guys bring me back to great trips. So, what's going on, guys? Oh, my gosh, Kevin. Nothing much uh, in terms of us, but I'll tell you something. Something that you uh, kind of brought into our attention at a very, very convenient time when we were at WrestleCade in November down in North Carolina. You and I talked about a myriad of topics, but one of them was PCW Ultra, which is a company out of California that we've been talking about on the show. And I had no idea the tie-in that you had to the people at PCW Ultra until after that weekend. I thought you were just giving me a good recommendation. But as we started to learn about PCW Ultra, we learned about what you've done with that promotion. But, you know, first, as I welcome you in, i got to say it's great to have you. But tell us a little bit about your involvement with PCW Ultra and we're going to be talking about the great Muda and this huge event, but I'd love to hear what you got to say about this, uh, this group out of California. Well, I think I'm lucky enough that 
they fly me down from my home. I get to see some of the greatest talent. And uh, you've met Joey Kabibo, you know, uh, Joseph, regard to Joseph. Uh, I'm, a lot of people don't know this, but I, Paul, I started Paul Heyman. And Paul Heyman learned, was one of the students, you know, that things have been passed down. I learned from uh, Eddie Graham, Dusty Rhodes learned from Eddie Graham, uh, Bill Watts learned from Eddie Graham, even though Paul didn't know uh, Eddie, he learned from people that were associated with him. Uh, Joey is learning the ways of Eddie Graham. And the reason why I say this, uh, you know, we talk about, I, I always like to talk about knowledge. And I, I'm a big history buff, and I talk about the uh, Library of Alexandria, where all the knowledge was, and the Romans came, and they burnt it down, Cleopatra, right? And I always talked about, well, we lost knowledge there. We lost knowledge. Who, who knew what we lost? There might have been uh, the cure for cancer there. Just recently, I'm going to say in three months, they found inside the Great Pyramid a room they never knew was there. And how they found that room was there about 30 years ago. Someone had found some partridge paper uh, that was supposedly from the pyramid. Of course, everybody thought it was bull because you go everywhere. They, there's knock. I got a knockoff sword from when I first went to Paris. It's a kid sword, right? And everybody thought that was bold, but it turned out they found this room and they don't know what's in it yet. And they're going to, it's, it may be nothing, but they actually found a room that people said years and years ago there was a room. Well, Joey is a mixture of the new breed and still the old school. When you... Listen, let me tell you a story. I had been an amateur wrestler from when I was 10 years old. When my dad took me to the wrestling matches, I knew you couldn't grab a guy by the hair and bail him across the rink. I knew you, the old, you guys are too young, but the old Altamore and Albano high spot where they get hooked into the rings and the baby faces would take Lou and run them into Tony. You know, I just knew that wasn't real. But the first time I saw the Sheik, I said to myself, I don't care if this stuff is fake. He's real. And it's still that way to me in this respect. I have this thing I call the Alley Test. And I don't mean Muhammad Ali. <laughs> I go out, I, I'm lucky enough to go out with the with the boys, the two-man power trip, while walking down the street, and our car is parked in the corner. 
and this is no disrespect to anybody, we're walking down the street, and on one side of the street there's Brock Lesnar, and on the other side there's a young wrestler. I think the three of us are smart enough that we're going to go down the way of the young wrestler. Even if he's the greatest karate guy or MMA in the world, Brock Lesnar, you believe, is real. And that's why he still draws. We still want to believe that there's something in this. I know now it's become more of an art form, but we still want to believe that this isn't just an art form. There is uh, sports ability to to it, like you know. Hopefully, the Patriots play the Phillies and kill them. So uh, you know, uh, we 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 got that to look to. To me, the people aren't just going to come to see the and and I am not one of these old guys that say, "Oh, kid." You're doing too much. I'll tell you a story. When I first started, they were saying that to me, too. And I was saying, oh, these old bastards, they don't want to take any bumps. Well, everything evolves. And I'm so glad to see these kids. They're so athletic doing all this stuff. Now, granted, it can be tapered and put into a proper made perspective where they get more out of it, but I'm glad to see that they have the ability to do it. And where I'm going with Joe, Joe was nice enough to bring me down. They started with 130 people, and this is their second year anniversary, and they're going to draw over probably $120,000. Now, people say, well, it's very hard to draw in today's day and age. You know, his ringside seats are 100 bucks, and they're season-only tickets. So you don't know what you're going to see. Can you imagine that? He's selling season-only tickets. His $100 tickets are season-only. His $80 tickets are season-only. Now, I don't know any other company that's ever done that. Him and I talked about it. I said, well, I think you've got a product that's really hot. I think you can do something about it. He's probably the last person I'll ever mentor. He's very smart. He has a very good partner, Mike, who does something that most partners don't do. Mike is very good at promoting. He's very good at getting sponsorships. He's very good at getting uh, publicity in newspapers, different uh, uh, music, uh, you know, music uh, magazines, because they're they're both into music. Like, we're having the girl that plays uh, the drums for Alex Cooper there, and Alicia, who's the drummer for Kelly Osborne, and she does stuff for 
uh, Ozzy in the studio. She's there. She has Heavy Metal Wrestling, which is a YouTube channel. She, they got the hipsters there, but they got family crowds coming, and they got, you, you know, they got that audience that I always say, I don't know if this is true, but I've read on numerous occasions, and maybe you guys can help me out, that the average age for professional wrestling uh, attendance is 53 years old. Yeah, that's that crazy. Blows me, <laughs> that blows me away. So he has a, a, a completely different audience. He gives the people always a surprise. He brings in the champions he's had in in two years, Pentagon, uh, Rob Van Dam, and Johnny Morrison. And now he's bringing Penta in for a tag uh, match. It doesn't get much better than that. And I've also seen now, which I think this is good, there are companies that are trying to emulate Joe. I don't, and I don't mean to discredit anybody, but uh, he has something that I have to bow down. He's the only other person in my life. I'm very good, I believe, at creating, but unlike Van Gogh, sometimes I'll paint off the easel. Uh, organizational skills are not my best. He has fabulous organizational skills. He's very creative. And I'm the kind of guy, okay, I like it. I'm going to go with it. I'll buff it up. But I won't uh, maybe overdo it in my head because that's, that's my take on it. We all have a different opinion how we go to work. He analyzes it. He goes through a process where he sifts the sand to find the little kernel. He's got young guys that he started with. He's got this kid, and his name is Hammerstone. Have you heard of him? Yeah, just by uh, by uh, researching him as we've been interviewing the guys. Okay. Yeah, we've, we've seen him. You see, he looks like a young Triple H. And yes. I probably would get some heat over this, but he's a better worker than Triple H was at this point of his career. I mean, he's a very young guy. He looks like Triple H with the body. He isn't as big as him, but he's a fabulous worker. And Joey's given him the opportunity that there was a time we're saying, well, is he going to get it? Because, you know, this business is hard. Because I say booking is a very hard thing because if we knew how to do it, we just turn to page 42 and say, okay, this is how we get the guy over. And in today's day and age where we're so in between and the heels are over and the baby faces aren't and the baby in the and the heels want to be cheered and sell more T-shirts. 
And I've been taking a little bit of time with him, but it's Joey's project, and he's been nice enough to say, hey, you know, if you see something with the kid, tell him. So he's he's over with the women, you know what I mean? Uh, Kevin Nash has the greatest line in the world. Can I swear on, on this radio program yeah, or no? Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Kevin Nash has the greatest line in the world. They either want to fuck you or they're, or they're afraid to fight you. It's that simple. <laughs> and and every woman in, the, in that building wants it. I mean, so he goes out and does this semi-power bomb on the floor, and the people start chanting, this is awesome, this is awesome. One more, one more. 90, and he's brand new. He's brand new, 99%. And even guys that have been working six, seven years would say, oh, that got over, I'm going to do it. He goes, gets the guys in position to do it, then drops drops the guy to the ground and gives the fans the finger. Now, where (laughs) I got that was on his wheel, there was this guy petting his shoulder, oh, hammers. You're the best, Hammer. You're the best. Hammerstone, you're the best. And when he did that, the guy turned on him, and if he had a set of gojones, he would have tried to punch him. You know what I mean? I hadn't seen heat like that for years. So what Joey has done, he's he's gone under the learning tree. He's doing stuff that, I was lucky enough to be around some of the smartest guys of all times. I worked for Vince Sr., who helped me learn the book, who was Eddie's dearest friend. I was in some meetings with them, and it was, uh, you know, it was like going to the Louvre, and, and you have a you have a coloring book, and you say, hey, how's this guy? This is really good, you know what I mean? And uh, and Joey has learned that he's ran shows, and to take a company, think about this: you draw 130 people. Most people are going to throw in the towel. He had Mike, and again, kudos to Mike. He had Mike to say, "We're going to make this thing work. They're going to turn people away." Uh, I don't know many independent companies that do this, so I can't say enough about Joe and Mike as a combination um, that they invite me to come down. I really enjoy watching the performance. I, I get to throw a couple of my two cents in, and I get to sometimes see when it really works. Boy, it worked. And Joey is not the kind of guy that says, uh, I, I, like, I'll say something to him, and he'll say, well, are you sure? And I'll say, yeah, I'm sure. And he'll come to me and say, God damn, you're right. How'd you know? And I said, well, Joey, it isn't that I'm smart, but I've seen this episode of Leave it to Beaver 37 times where Whitey stole the dog and ba- blamed him on the beef. And at the end of the show, the <laughs> beef is exonerated. So, I mean, they got something really good there. And I also think, and I want your guys' opinion, I also see that 
and again, I don't like to knock anybody. It's too late in the game for me. I'm not a cranky old man, unless you talk to my kids. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I try to, to, if you don't evolve, you die. I try to stay with, you know, with the times. But I think the product, where I'm getting at, I don't want to come across as, oh, I hate everything. Because I actually watched WWE the other night, and they did something brilliant, I thought. Did you did you guys watch it at all? This past week, no. We were, uh, we were recording okay. uh, both nights. <laughs> there was a tag team, a new tag team there, and I, I just turned it on for that thing, and they came out and... Some there would be an interview and said, "Hey, you guys are going to be you guys are great uh, superstar team," and the kids stopped them dead in the tracks and they said, "Hey, we're not superstars, we're wrestlers," and I couldn't believe what they did. You know, for years they didn't want you to use the word wrestling, and I think now. That's coming from these independents that are coming so hot that the the alternative program, meaning the independents, the Ring of Honors, you know, the companies that that are coming around, the new ones that are going to start up, it still says wrestling on the marquee. And, I mean, uh, when you're applying for a job and it says, what did you do for a living for the last 10 years? And you put down superstar. I think, you know, people are scratching your heads or that they think you're an egomaniac. Uh, I like that they did that. They tried to give it some legitimacy of sports. Oh, where I was going about the wrestling, and I was telling you about as a kid, right? When I, I just watched the do you guys have watched T V Land? They got the Lone Ranger and they got stuff from way before your guys' time, right? And I was watching the Superman on, I had nothing to do. And it, the program was about the wrestlers that got together and they because there was this Indian wrestler who was a shoot wrestler. And he was going to beat the champion. And then they would say, oh, my God, we're going to all have to wrestle. And we'll get hurt. And we won't make the money. So they cemented him into the wall. And Superman was excited. Vision sees it. He busts the door down. And the wrestler goes out there. And he's, he beats the champion. And then there's a typical stereotype fat uh, promoter with a cigar out sticking out of his mouth going, I love it. I love it. Real wrestling. And at the end, I look, and it's 1953. So this thing about the business being exposed is forever. I think the word kayfabe is misunderstood. I think the word kayfabe is been way overused because it's been, since, like I said, 53. I saw it before then. There was a very famous book called The Fall Guy, and I think it was done in 37, where uh, I don't know if you ever heard of a promoter. Um, 
His name was uh, Jack uh, Pfeffer. Well, he came into the territory and hated the promoter, and he gave the finishes from the night before to kill the town, right? The town drew the most it's ever drew before because the people want to see if it was real or not. So, I mean, this is not that we've never been perceived as 100% real, but not the average guy can do what these guys do, especially the talent today. You know, like, I'll put on a match, uh, uh, like the other day, I watched, I had heard from Billy Graham for the first time in a long time. I watched the matches his. Back in that day, the people were roaring on, you know, the, the strength, right? And I said to myself, as great as that was, that people wouldn't have taken it today. You know what I mean? And uh, I think... I think I'm all over the place with this, but I think it's like as good as these kids are, they're trying to get all their shit in because they know they want to be found to go to the next level. So they think they have to get all this stuff in. Do you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Perfect. Absolutely. Yep. Perfect sense. Absolutely. because you're saying, hey, I may not be back. I'm not booked. I better do this and get back and get all my stuff done. I saw a match with Thatcher and Graves. And they came up to me and they said, would you mind if we didn't do... I said, I'd like you to do a lot of wrestling. They said, well, would you mind if we didn't do a high spot from the ropes? I said, if if you would do that, I'd... I'd be amazed. Well, they went 12 minutes. I came back. When they came back, I congratulated both of them. I said, you just made me a wrestling fan again. I mean, the it, it, uh, Joe has done what I said about a circus. If you don't like the clown cars with all the clowns coming out of the car, next, the sword swallow is going to be on. If you don't like them, wait for the tight uh, rope walkers. If you don't like that, watch for the trapeze. And if you don't like that, Gunther Gable Williams at the end of the show is going to stick his head in the lion's mouth. He gives them something for for uh, everybody. He's, I mean, he's got his stuff together. He's got the luchadors he brings people in from Ireland. He brings in people in from England. He brings in the legends. We, you know, Muda, we had Terry Funk there a couple of weeks ago. At a meet and greet, we had Stan Hansen. I mean, uh, we, the, you know, New Japan runs down the road. And I think we had three of the biggest stars in New Japan ever had Muda, Funk <laughs> and and uh, uh, Stan you know what I mean so mm-hmm. he does Definitely. everything right and I, I'm uh, really really excited about what they're doing and I'm just lucky enough to be able to uh, watch and observe and have a good time with them 
And one thing that's really cool about Great Muda, he doesn't make too many appearances in the United States. He really doesn't wrestle, you know, very often in the United States, probably in a very, very long time. What are your thoughts right. about Joe bringing in Muda? Because that's a blast from your past, for sure. Oh, let me tell you about how smart I am, okay? I brought Muda to the United States, right? And I named him the White Ninja. That's like naming uh, Gone with the Wind, the Bernie of Atlanta. I was so (laughs) stupid, you know, but he got over. you got to remember, it was over 30 years ago. He was a young boy. He was a handsome guy. And I thought, you know, he's going to draw women. But when he started to blow the mist, I realized what a huge mistake I made by naming that. He went to, up to Texas, and then he was working Texas. And if you guys remember, he was also working Atlanta at the same time. And he became one of the hottest things. Uh, he's a former NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Joey is too. So we'll have, you know, we we got uh, a lot of uh, former NWA champions on the card. We got uh, Muda, who's, uh, he's the icon over there. He's like Ichiro, right? I mean, he, he uh, it's going to, uh, to me, it's like I haven't seen him in 30 years. And I'm really, really, uh, he, I really, really enjoyed my time with him. And I saw him progress, and he progressed, and he progressed. And he was one of the finest performers I ever saw. Uh, The other one, real quickly, was Brian Pillman progressed as quickly as he did, too. I think they're the two of the quickest I ever saw progress in this business. Pillman, unbelievable talent. And obviously, you're talking about Muda. Unbelievable talent and great tie-in there. Good point because we mentioned that to uh, to Joe as well. Former NWA World Champ. There's going to be a couple uh, a couple of buildings. That's that's a pretty cool honor. Yeah, and let me tell you this: with my first match on Nitro was Juice and Thunder Lager and Brian Pillman, and that wasn't yeah. by accident. I wanted that to be. That was the match I wanted. I wanted to see it, and I knew if I want to see it, this is before internet became really big. I I knew that the people would want to see it too. And uh, a slight thing about Brian Pillman, uh, you know the feud with uh, Stone Cold and Brian. Yeah, we would never talk about any other feuds. That would be it. That was. Uh, their work together was incredible. I was had the pleasure to work with Brian and, uh, on different occasions, and especially that few, little feud we had. But the wrestling business didn't lose a great talent. It lost a great mind. Brian Pillman would have been the greatest booker of all times. He had hung around with Terry. He had hung around with Mike Graham, who was very... Yeah, they were very, very close. And, you know, he would grill uh, Mike about his dad. He, You know, he hung around with Dusty. Uh, 
they that uh, Tillman and and uh, Stone Cold that was incredible. And here's something: when that gun, run the gun incident. Oh yeah. Yep. If it was so bad, why are we still talking about it? <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It so it, it was. It stretched the bounds of professional wrestling, and I mean, they, it, and it worked because of filming. You, nobody else could have played that role and got that over. So, yeah. So I, I was. I was. You guys were coming out there. I would love for you guys to come out there. Oh, we have to one of these days. Go yeah, out to one of those yeah. shows. They're they're pretty amazing. Yeah, we go out for Korean barbecue the night before, and uh, Mike's nice enough to pick up the tab. We have a wonderful time, and the next day the show is just really amazing. Really amazing. <laughs> and I. Yes, ECW Ultra, and I looked for next year. You know, they had to find a bigger building uh, halfway through last year. I'm expecting they're going to have to find another building halfway through next year. They're doing everything right, and I don't want to jinx it, but they have never had a drop in attendance yet. And I think that has something to do when you have season-only tickets. You know what I mean? Yep, it's smart. Like you're, you're forced to go. Uh, honey, do you feel like going? I really don't feel like going, honey. Well, we got $200 spent. Snap out of it. I have a beer. Let's go. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah. I, I think he's done an amazing job and... I think a lot of the young bookers, and I, I, I have, I do a podcast with him, and he's a good friend of mine. I give him a little hard go once in a while. I say, where are all these young bookers coming from? Because M does a great job for court. They do a great job, and they're doing well, but there's only a few guys left. And uh, are you going to, if, here's something that I don't understand. The smartest guy in the business today is Terry Funk. Why aren't they flying him three days a month? Just let him talk and tape everything he says. Take, tape an angle that he did 30 years ago in Roswell uh, when it was uh, down. Take it, uh, another one from Amarillo when it was down. You know, when when they were so far ahead of their time, not many people know this. You know when the Briscoes and Funks wrestled each other? When they were, oh, in, yeah. when they were in Florida, we would voice over their tapes so the funks were baby faces and uh, ba- baby faces in uh, the Briscoes were heels rather than in uh, Tampa. Uh, 
And when we were out in uh, Amarillo, we did the same thing where we did it that the the funks were heels. So, I mean, that's something nobody remembers. And, you know, uh, I know you can't do it in this day and age because it's nationwide and it's, it's live. But the, if somebody's smart enough, they can sit down and think about, well, what can we do to make it something similar? So, I mean, you know, uh, I see Joey is the next heir apparent. I really do. And think about, you know, your booking days, and you mentioned Pillman as well. I was just thinking of that time where it was totally unpredictable where he was calling you Booker Man. He's saying he's going to have to fight the pencil, and he walked out on that match. Just, I always just think about that, especially when you mentioned Pillman. I had to mention it. Does anybody yeah. know if that was a work or shoot or what? I mean, the guy was so unpredictable, you never know what he was going to do next. And I keep that to myself, but here's the thing. The biggest compliment I ever got in my life was from Kevin Nash. He said, most of the boys from WWE bought that pay-per-view because they thought it was a shoot. Wow. And he was so good at it. And uh, Brian, how it lit up, and I'm letting the cat out of the bag, how it lit up was Brian's idea. That's why I always say, and here's the other one that Brian wanted to do. Brian came to me and said, me and Terry Funk, he he gravitated to the guys that were half-assed crazy, I guess. He said, guys, I get a great angle. You think I should do it? And Terry and I said, what is it, Brian? And this is when the Bengals were playing the Super Bowl. You remember that year? I think it was about 96. Yep. If you, okay. He said, you know, I get sideline passes. I said, so what? He said, when they're down at the other end zone, I'm going to strip naked and go chain myself to the goalpost. He said, I'm going to have 50 or 60 chains. He said, you know it's going to make the national press. I'm going to spend some time in jail probably in that house, but they're going to have to say on TV, what's the guy doing there? And he he said to me, which was way, way smart thinking. He said, they can't afford to have dead time for 15 minutes. They're going to have to have somebody put a robe over me. Do you know what I mean? He's screaming. That was the kind of thing that his mind had. It's like Terry Funk. Uh, There there was a football player whose father owned uh, Hawaii. Ed Francis was the father's name. And Russ Francis was the greatest uh, tight end until Gronkowski. And Terry wanted to make him the world heavyweight champion, but they didn't want him the NWA because they said, well, we're going to be losing four to six months and Terry said it doesn't matter because every time he's on national TV they're going to say that catch was made by Russ Francis the NWA world heavyweight champion and you know to me that was the most one of the most brilliant things I ever heard in my life 
it's like I got shot down on an angle that I thought would have been the biggest angle of all times. Uh, I was on the first card where a black man wrestled the white man in the South. It was in Atlanta, Georgia. It was a six-man tag match. It was Bobo Brazil and uh, the professional who wore a mask and Bobby Shane against the assassins and Buddy Colt. I wanted Ron Simmons to win the World Heavyweight Championship on Martin Luther King Day in Atlanta and the belt be presented by Martin Luther King III and Coretta King. And I was shot down. Wow. That would have been unbelievable. Yeah. 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 Sometimes... uh, Sometimes uh, I understand money, and I understand. Sometimes I decided to take a chance, and but uh, to me, there was no chance on that one. The national press you would have got, Ron Simmons would have been on every talk show at that time. I mean, you know, he would have been on every sports channel at that time, ESPN, when they weren't running wrestling. Because... I don't know if you guys know this. Ron came in fifth for the Heisman Trophy winner, and he was a defensive lineman. Oh, yeah. No, very familiar. We talked about it with him on the show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn! (laughs) (laughs) And they could have been saying that 20 years earlier had he won the title in that scenario that – that you were saying, that that catchphrase would have caught on 20-plus years earlier. Yeah, and time gets us all. 20 years ago, Ron Simmons, I used to say to him, Ron, go walk by those 500 pounds on the bench. You need to do a rep or two. I mean, he was a magnificent uh, athlete. (laughs) He's one of the best. I mean, he's... uh, He's one of those guys, I love to use the word timeless, and he's definitely, he's one of a kind. They they broke the mold when they made a guy like uh, like Ron Simmons. But, Kevin, as we start to wrap it up here for the sake of time, I know you got some place to go. I want to just mention again, you know, the way you're listening to this episode is you got to hear Joe first, and now you're getting to hear Kevin's take on PCW Ultra, so you know that the anniversary show, the 2K18 anniversary, it's Friday, January 19th in Los Angeles, you can go to PCWUltra.com. It's featuring The Great Muda. We already heard also with Joe about the seminar The Great Muda is going to be a part of. It's going to be an absolutely stellar weekend of Great Muda invading the United States in a very rare appearance. But as we wrap it up here, Kevin, you, you gave Joe a huge endorsement saying that you may not be mentoring anybody else in the booking game ever again. But give us one last plug for PCW Ultra and this two-year anniversary show and uh, like you said, th- throughout this interview, there's a lot more great things to come. But tell us a little bit more about PCW Ultra. Well, uh, I'd like to say that if I was doing it and Joey asked, said, you booked this show, I would have done the thing differently. And I would have done it as well. He's done an incredible job doing it. And I can't wait till next year because it's even going to be better. <laughs> I was on the first one too, 
Every year it gets better. Hopefully someday we'll be at the Coliseum out there where the Rams play. They're playing there this year. They may be, they be maybe in Saskatoon next year. <laughs> the way they drive. <laughs> well, uh, and I want all our friends that are there that are close. You're not going to be disappointed, and it's one of those things you can say to your kids when they, if the kids get older and they're taking their kids to the wrestle match. I saw the great mood here. He's he's an icon. He's somebody you should see. He's a Hogan. He's a savage. He's one of those guys you should see. Oh, absolutely. I spent about an hour last night just watching his entrances. So if that just tells you just to be captivated by his entrance, uh, coming in the Tokyo Dome, I mean, that it's in itself is something to, uh, to to watch. And, Kevin, we appreciate you coming on and giving us uh, a couple minutes here about PCW Ultra and all the great things that are going on there. And I'm glad that uh, the last time we saw you, uh, our good buddy Shane Douglas threw me under the bus and I had to get a talking to about uh, supposed uh, enjoyment of the last NWA champion that had uh, has recently lost his title, but I got a scolding for something I didn't even say. Shane threw me under the bus. He's uh, He was completely ribbing me. Yeah, Shane's a ribber, and that's for sure. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's, to me, I'm glad they're in business. I'm glad uh, Billy is a very smart guy. I think he'll do well. I, uh, smart guys like Billy, Billy, you know, uh, Billy learned under Joey's learning tree. So he has something. So it it will be good for Billy. And I think it'll be good for wrestling. And I was had the pleasure to work for ring of honor and they got something going there, except, uh, they remind me when I was a kid, they're the Kansas city athletics and they, when the Yankees needed somebody, they would just get them, you know, and they go to WWE. <laughs> but it's it's the training ground for them. And, I mean, uh, some of the greatest performers in the world, I'm a big Jay Lethal fan. Uh, I'm, I'm the Briscoe fans. I'm a Dalton fan, a huge fan of Dalton. Uh, and I'm glad that he's the champion. And uh, I, I still enjoy wrestling. But there's nothing more than I enjoyed than PCW Ultra, and the chat is PCW. <laughs> Very nice. And we'd be remiss, Kevin, if we didn't plug your show, of course, MSL and Sullivan on the MLW Radio Network. Is there any place else that the fans can find anything else going on in the world of the Taskmaster himself, the one and only Kevin Sullivan? I think the seven years limitations have run out, hopefully. And I think everything else has been expunged. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's a lot of fun, Kevin. Thank you so much for coming on, man. This is a great little uh, little spot for you. We appreciate it. And I appreciate it too, guys. Anytime. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling. What the world is downloading.